I mean, let's talk international and what is going on with Russia and also with Ukraine. Uh, Russia boycotted hearings at the UN's highest court Monday, during which Ukraine is seeking an emergency order to halt hostilities, arguing that Moscow has falsely applied uh, the genocide law in justifying its invasion. Now, these hearings were held at the International Court of Justice in The Hague. The Russian president has said that Russia had a, quote, special military action, unquote, needed in Ukraine to protect people because they've been subjected to bullying and genocide. What is the role of the international court here? Not only that court, but the international criminal court. And what possible impact might it have on hostilities as they are underway? Valerie Osterveld is associate director of Western University's Center for Transitional Justice and Post-Conflict Reconstruction and, and joins me on the line. Welcome to the program, Valerie. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So let's begin with what I began with, which is the International Court of Justice. How important is that body? Does it make any difference to Russia? The International Court of Justice is the highest judicial body within the United Nations, and it does make it, it does um, bind every state in the world when they're brought before the court. So it should be on Russia's mind. Now, Ukraine, as you mentioned, has brought a claim before that court and appeared on Monday requesting something called provisional measures. So that's something that you and I in the Canadian legal system might call an injunction. And Russia, uh, sorry, Ukraine is asking that Russia be ordered by the court to immediately stop its military operations. So that's what it was before the court to ask. Um, and this is because if it waited if the court waited to the very end of the case, these cases can take years, then Ukraine might no longer exist. I mean, it might, it would have been um, years uh, facing the, the brunt of Russia. So it's trying to get a stop to the military operations before all of its rights have been violated. Now, how does that differ from the International Criminal Court, which is apparently investigating possible war crimes? Yes, that's a good question. The International Criminal Court is a court that can prosecute individuals. So it brings people before the court and they can be sentenced, including to prison. Whereas the International Court of Justice is where one country can take another country before it and the outcome would be something like an order for reparations to rebuild, for example. So the, the type of um, body that can be before the courts differs between the two. One is for people uh, who have committed crimes, international crimes, and the other is for countries to bring other countries to justice. Yeah. I, I understand if, and correct me if I'm wrong, but neither the United States nor Russia are signatories to the International Criminal Court. That's right. Russia and the United States both are not part of the International Criminal Court. However, the, the uh, UN Security Council can send any case before the International Criminal Court if it wishes. Now, in this case, the prosecutor of the International Criminal Court um, has been referred the case of Ukraine by 39 countries that are part of the International Criminal Court. That includes Canada. And what that means is he can be prompted directly into doing an investigation. If he was to bring a case by himself uh, without uh, a country referring it, 
then he would need the court itself to give permission, and which causes delays. He really wanted to get started directly into investigating the war crimes and crimes against humanity that are being committed by Russia in the Ukraine. And so it worked out very well that 39 countries were willing to refer the case to him. But this is, I believe, somewhat unprecedented because normally the International Criminal Court does not begin proceedings till after there is a peace treaty and, and, and then it begins to look back on what happened during the conflict. I mean, what's the ramification of an investigation underway while hostilities are continuing? Right. Well, the International Criminal Court, it's true, most of its cases have taken place after the conflict has uh, finished, but not in every case. So it's looked at, um, it's done investigations while war has been going on in the Democratic Republic of the Congo and in Uganda um, and in Libya. But um, what is important about this case is that the prosecutor can collect evidence in real time, as opposed to a year, two years after the actual crimes he's looking at have been committed. Um, what is also interesting is the United Nations has another part called the Human Rights Council located in Geneva. And last Friday, it voted to create the Independent International Commission of Inquiry to also collect evidence of war crimes and crimes against humanity. And that will actually help the International Criminal Court prosecutor because it just means more people can be on the ground collecting this information in real time. I'm speaking with uh, Valerie Osterveld of Western University, talking about the international uh, courts and their application and, and how they're playing into the Ukraine uh, situation. Uh, sanctions and heavy economic turmoil in Russia has not have not dissuaded Vladimir Putin. I guess the question has to be, would anything that happened in The Hague influence his actions at all? The International Court of Justice may come out with an order relatively soon, ordering Russia to immediately stop its military operations in response to the request by Ukraine on Monday. That doesn't mean, of course, that President Putin will stop. He hasn't shown any inclination to follow international law in recent years. However, it doesn't mean that taking these actions is useless. Each of these are a peaceful lever that Ukraine and the rest of the international community is using to try to put pressure on Russia to stop its invasion. And every extra thing that can be added just creates more and more political pressure, which could get to President Putin eventually. Um, I'm not saying that the International Court of Justice or the International Criminal Court in and of themselves is going to make a significant difference right at this moment in time. But they can add to all the things that, that uh, the world is trying to do. I should also mention that there's a forward-looking aspect to this, which is not related to Ukraine and Russia, but is important. And that is that on Monday... At the court, one of the lawyers for Ukraine is, was Harold Koh. So he was in the Obama administration as the, the Secretary of State and is now representing Ukraine. And he pointed out that whatever the court does also sends a message to China with respect to what it can and cannot do 
with respect to Taiwan. So I think that could also be an important outcome in terms of the message sent by the court. It is fascinating stuff. Valerie, thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome. Happy to be here. That is Valerie Osterveld, who is Associate Director of Western University's Center for Transitional Justice in Post-Conflict Reconstruction.